Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Coffee House Questions. This is Ryan Polly. Feels good to be sitting down talking with you guys again uh, because while I was at Summit Ministries, I was able to record a three-part podcast uh, with Sean McDowell, Jay Warner Wallace, and Dan Britton. And I've been playing those for the last three weeks, and so now I'm back behind the microphone again with you guys. And so it feels good. But hey, if you missed those last podcasts, I just want to encourage you to go back and listen to them. Uh, they have some great content. Sean McDowell shared about why it's important to train students in apologetics. Jay Warner Wallace shared about how we should train students. And then Dan Britton talked about how to get apologetics into the local church. So I just want to encourage you to go back and listen to those. But what I want to talk about today is what I thought was one of the biggest takeaways from Summit Ministries, and that what they talked about a lot, and we've talked about before in this podcast, is that it is so important to understand the other person when we are doing apologetics or when we are evangelizing. And I think this even came up at my church on Sunday where the pastor was talking about evangelism. And one of the scriptures that's always used for evangelism is that we as Christians have been called to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And we have to ask the question, well, what is it? What is an ambassador? What does it mean to be an ambassador? And I think it's easy that when we think about an ambassador of a country or an ambassador of an organization or a church, we know that you have to know something about your organization first, but then you also do study and you do preparation and you do work in order to get ready and know the people in which you're going to minister. And part of that is learning languages. And so what I want to talk about today is the importance to understand the language of the other people that we're going to talk to. Now, I think that this became very clear with me. And if you don't know, uh, for the last four years before moving to California, I was a missionary in the Dominican Republic. And when I applied to be a missionary in that country, I wasn't just sent there right away. Instead, I went to language school and I had to learn Spanish because you can imagine it's not going to work out very well for me if I go to the Dominican Republic not knowing Spanish. Uh, there's going to be a select group of people that are going to understand uh, what I say, but I'm not going to be effective in preaching and teaching if I don't speak the language. And so that's what I had to do. It's also interesting that when I applied with the missionaries organization, I initially said I wanted to go for four months. And the missionaries responded and they said, no, we want someone for one year. Uh, four months is just not enough time because one of my jobs is going to be working at a school. And after a while of thinking and praying about that, I said, okay, I'll do one year. And I remember during my first year, when I hit about the four-month mark, thinking to myself, wow, if I was going home right now, I wouldn't feel like I would have accomplished that much. Because being a full-time missionary is very different than a one-week trip in that you really have to understand the culture, get plugged in, get you know, earn people's trust and all that kind of stuff before you can really start making a big difference as a full-time missionary. And I felt like I spent the first four months just still trying to learn the language and understand the culture so that I could communicate effectively. And I had a few examples, a few things that come to my mind is within the first few months of being there, I had a little scooter that helped get me around and I took it to the mechanic and the mechanic fixed the problem on the scooter. And when he got done fixing it, he, I looked at him and I said, okay, how much do I owe you? And in Spanish, he responded, dame lo cuarto. Well, I was thinking about this, and I'm still trying to learn Spanish, and so I'm thinking, thinking, okay, he's telling me to give him something. He's telling me to give him cuarto. What is cuarto? And I'm thinking, okay, well, it means a room. Okay, that's not what he means. Okay, it means, uh, it also means a fourth. Okay, he's not, I don't know, a fourth of what. And so I asked him the question, well, what's cuarto? 
And he just kept repeating, dame el cuarto. And I said, well, what is cuarto? I, I don't know what that is. Like, tell me what I'm supposed to be giving you. I don't know what that is. Finally, someone comes over and in English they go, money. And I said, oh, well, why didn't you use dinero? And that's a, that's a word that I know. But instead he kept repeating the same thing. Now, I think when it comes to evangelism, this can happen sometimes. Either one from my perspective of, you know, we're using words as Christians, maybe that the other people don't even know what they mean. And they're sitting there like, I don't even know what you're saying. And sometimes we just keep repeating it. And so from both sides, we have to learn how to understand the other culture so we understand what they're saying so that we can communicate effectively. But also, as Christians, we have to sometimes think, well, what are the words that we're using when speaking to someone else? And do they understand what we are saying? And so I think that the, that's the first kind of key component with evangelism and doing apologetics that I want to stress is the importance to understand the other side. One, do I understand them and understand what they know and what they don't know and so that I can communicate effectively? Am I trying to learn their language so that when they speak, I understand them as well as Am I using words knowing where they're coming from so that I can maybe change my vocabulary a little bit to make sure I'm communicating the gospel effectively? And I think the second thing that kind of popped into my mind is sometimes we assume we know what someone means by a word and we are way off. At the Towards the end of my first year, I was actually in a surgery. I had an accident uh, while being in the Dominican Republic. And I'm in the hospital room, and the nurse is asking me questions, filling out this form. And by then, you know, I'm a year in. I felt pretty good with my Spanish. And so she's asking me questions, and I'm answering her questions, filling out this form. And she finally gets to this one part. She goes, ¿Cuál es tu número de cédula? Now, okay, what is your number? I understood that. And then I got the cédula, and I got lost right there. And I thought, cédula, cédula. What is a cédula? And I thought, well, it sounds a lot like she's trying to say cellular, maybe cell phone. So what is your cell phone number? And I said, oh, well, that's what she means. So I responded with the area code, and I said 809. And in Spanish, she goes, no, 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 no. What is, and then this is what it is in English, cedula is an ID card. So she goes, no, what is your ID card number? What is your driver's license number? And I said, yeah, 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 I know. And I'm think, still thinking phone number. So I said 809. And she goes, no, 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 no. What is your passport number? Pasaporte. And I understood pasaporte. And I think here's an example of when she was able to change the word that she used to help that I understood. But at the beginning, rather than first off asking her, well, what do you mean by cedula? What, what, what is cedula? I just assumed I knew what it meant and responded, and I was very incorrect in my response. Now, again, I think that this applies to evangelism and apologetics in the sense that sometimes the other people are using words. We think we know they, they, we agree on meaning, but we really don't understand what they mean by it, or maybe we assume we know what it means and it we really don't. And some interactions that I've had recently, I think, make this very clear. I was on Twitter the other day, and an atheist said, why do Christians use the word faith if all these people have faith and what makes one right and one makes one religion right and the other one not right? And I responded, I said, well, faith is based on evidence. It should be based on evidence that grounds our faith. And so he said, well, if you have evidence, then what is there a need for faith? Because for him, the definition of faith that he was using was faith is believing in something without evidence. That's kind of the Richard Dawkins definition. Well, I don't have that definition for faith. Instead, I think a better word would be trust. 
I'm trusting in what I found. I'm trusting in the evidence. I'm putting my trust in Jesus Christ. And it's not a blind leap. It's not a closing my eyes, hoping there's something there and there's not. And so with that, he, he had this definition of faith that it was believing blindly. I had a definition of faith that meant trusting in evidence. And there was a disconnect until we could finally say, well, no, here's what we mean by faith. And another reason why I think this comes to my mind is right now, I'm getting ready to go to Utah uh, to do some uh, witnessing and, and talking with Mormons. So rather than just showing up in Utah expecting, okay, I have what they what they need, uh, they're just going to listen to me and understand everything, I'm reading a few books trying to understand where they're coming from, why they believe the things that they believe, so that I can communicate effectively. And I think this comes through very clearly with Mormonism, is they say things like Jesus is the Son of God. Well, so do Christians. We say Jesus is the Son of God. We must mean the same thing. Well, when you ask, what do you mean by Son of God? Well, they say, well, he was literally born of God. Well, we don't believe Jesus came into existence. He's existed eternally. And so here's another example of using the, even the same words, but have very different meanings for those words. And so it is important when we are doing evangelism, when we're doing apologetics, we have to understand the other side. We have to understand their culture and their language so that we can understand them well and then convey what we're trying to say in words that make sense and also be able to maybe understand what definitions people have for words and use words that mean something more like or be able to clarify and explain what we mean by the words that we're using because when we do this then our conversations will become more effective because we will be speaking the same language and not be talking past each other. Well, thank you so much for listening to Coffee House Questions. I want to encourage you to check out the website. Right now, there's a new page that just got put up on speaking topics. So if you would like me to come speak to your church, your youth group, or your school, uh, please check out that page, see what some of those topics are, and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coffee House Questions with Ryan Polly. Have a blessed day. Your love will guide my way.